Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's poppin'? We have the news. We have basically everything we now need, and not much more should be coming out. The cuts have been made. There was some surprise cuts, Cam Newton, right? There was some, if you are a preseason watcher, or really deep into the NFL, some surprise cuts. Whether it's Tyron Johnson from the Chargers, whether it's Colin Johnson, who didn't have the greatest preseason, but a decent game here or there, a nice camp from the Jaguars, who seem to be a lock for that team, doesn't make the team. So there's some things here and there. Wayne Gallman from the 49ers, who just have a deep running back group. And Eliza Mitchell, their six-round rookie, who looked really bad in the only preseason action he had. Had a miscommunication, had a penalty. He ends up making the team over a Wayne Gallman. So we're here right now because we have basically all the news. Right now, the NFL season, it's going to kick off in a week or so from my recording of this. But for that final week, these camps go on lockdown. They stay and got no media in there. So unless the coach says something, unless Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport get a report, we're not really going to get much news. And if we do, it's going to be very little news compared to what we've got in the last month or so from camp. So right now I'm giving you my final rankings, my final tiers for the running back position. We're going to start in my tier seven, running backs 45 through 50, all the way up to number one. If you were drafting tonight, if you were drafting the day that you watched this or maybe in a day or two, this is likely going to be fully updated. Now there is a chance that it changes and I'll be updating all that stuff down below in the draft guide, but this is what you are going to want to draft off of. You want to draft off of tiers, not just straight rankings. I have a top 200 and that is also decent, but tiers so you know exactly where every position lies. So let's start off with running backs 45 through 50 and hey all you people all you beautiful people watching this best of luck in your drafts if you got a second of your time hit the like button so we start in tier seven and i have actually nine tiers they go down to my running back 91 rankings if you want to see all that it's as in-depth as you need it to be and it's going to start with running backs 45 through 50 i do want to point out that the ravens backup running backs are not in this tier they both come in for me around running back 59 justice hill and running back 60 tyshawn williams so both of those guys they're not going to be in this video outside of me mentioning them here and a lot of other backup running backs who are solid are not in this tier. They kind of all fall into my tier eight, like your Rashad Pennies, your Jarek McKinnons, Boston Scott, Chuba Hubbard, Devontae Booker, right? All those backups in a spot where if the RB1 goes down, they might actually be a three down back. So number 45 here is Michael Carter. Michael Carter has dropped a lot for me. At one point this year, he was running back 28. And then what happens in the preseason? Well, he's not getting any run at all, really, with the starters, right? He ends up playing the second half of a game with no starters in the preseason, which is normally an indication that you're like the running back three on the team. Tevin Coleman, who missed the first preseason game due to a personal matter he comes back the second game he's seeing the first team usage ty johnson seeing the first team usage and then it's la michael p ryan and michael carter splitting the usage at rb3 and michael carter was not even in on passing downs like he literally had a negative one yard reception in the fourth quarter of their week two game against the packers that's how late he was in the game and that's the extent to his passing game use so it seems pretty clear and obvious that if anything he's just the rb3 on this team you can say that it's a three-headed backfield but again he's the rb3 in that and not being put on the field in passing down situations as a rookie this can continue to change but I have not yet drafted him since we saw the preseason action that he has gotten because I dropped him all the way down to running back 45 you can see some other names in here like JD McKissick the name I want to point out is James White who for me if anything is just going to move up like there's a really strong chance he moves up within my top 40 or right around like 42 43 running backs because of the news that we got yesterday of Cam Newton being cut now I did move up all other skill position players I'm still trying to work out projections for James White but just know that that running back 47 rank on James White likely moves up to like 44 maybe even 42 because Mac Jones being in there leads to
to more passes. And we saw that in the preseason. J.J. Taylor was fantastic in the preseason, even Ramondre Stevenson to an extent on his limited routes run because Mac Jones wasn't afraid to take the check down pass, the smart check down pass, where Cam Newton normally is either going to run a little bit there. He was inaccurate. He didn't take the check down pass all that much. A 17% target share for James White last year. Now with no Rex Burkhead there can look very good. I still don't expect anything on the ground. Like you're looking at two to three carries a game with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson ahead of you. But now if you start actually getting a 17% target share, but it's on more inaccurate volume, that looks good for James White, my running back 47. We can close out this tier with some strong backups. Ramondre Stevenson had a fantastic preseason, a very good preseason for the rookie, for a guy who apparently wasn't having a good camp. He ends up being basically the preseason MVP at running back along with his teammate, J.J. Taylor. And now he's going to be the clear backup behind Damian Harris. And that seemed to always be really the case, but with no Cam Newton there, a man who was top five in the NFL and inside the five-yard line carries out of every position, yes, including running backs inside the five-yard line, that's going to help Damian Harris, but also Ramondre Stevenson, who, if anything, just earned more of a role in the offense this preseason my running back 48 and then 49 and 50 are some aged veterans I actually like Damian Williams you end up seeing Tariq Cohen on the pup which some people are making a big deal out of this we expected Tariq Cohen not to be ready for the season the pup means that he'll miss at least six weeks so this is kind of what I expected not really much of a change there but they also end up cutting Artavius Pierce and Ryan Nall both guys were on the team last year. Nall's been on the team for a little while. So they're pretty thin at running back, meaning that, yeah, we like David Montgomery, of course, but we also really like what we're seeing from Damian Williams, who was wearing number eight in the preseason, who looked to show some burst after taking all season off last year. So this is one of the, based on the fact that he's in this tier seven and those other guys who are all backup running backs are in tier eight, I would prefer guys like Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Williams as sort of the elite backup running backs because of the fact that Ramondre Stevenson is in an elite offensive line wanting to run the ball. And Damian Williams is just, I would consider one of the better running backs, especially from a passing game perspective out of the backfield and a proven one as a backup running back so that is tier seven and now we get into my largest tier i believe which is tier six and this goes and you can see it on the screen right now running back 32 to running back 44. This is my largest tier. It's got like 12 or 13 players in it. And we can start from the top. Daryl Henderson is here at running back 32. This was a top 20, borderline top 15 player for me until Sony Michelle was traded there. And he also has his own injury that he's dealing with. But that is major news. They cut Xavier Jones because he was hurt. But Sony Michelle being there, in my opinion, because he's not in this tier, he's higher than my running back 32. Yes, he is. He's one of the best, if not the best, fantasy pick right now based on the value that you can get him. I think he's like a seventh or eighth round pick that goes into double digit rounds, 12th, 13th round often. And that makes Daryl Henderson's value drop for me. Now, Daryl Henderson, I do think is going to be the 1B to Sony Michelle's 1A, but that doesn't look nearly as good. It puts him in a, a, a tier right here where he's basically the split backfield guys. You can see all the other split backfield guys here for the most part. Raheem Mostart, Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones, James Conner potentially is going to be a, a one and two down back uh, or a situational split back with Chase Edmonds. So this tier right here is kind of the elite handcuff slash backups. I don't really believe in handcuffing. If you do not handcuff in your season long league, by the way, like if you draft, let's just say a Ezekiel Elliott early, and then you get Tony Pollard or, or even Dalvin Cook early because there's some injury concerns, and then Alexander Madison later. If anything ever happens to Dalvin Cook, I hate to break it to you, Alexander Madison is not a one-for-one -one replacement. So now your worst nightmare just happened. Like the only way for Alexander Madison to ever work for you if you draft him as a handcuff is if the worst possible thing for your team happens. Your top five pick and Dalvin Cook goes down for the year or an extended period of time. So you're hedging against yourself's chances of winning. And now you spent an eighth or a ninth round or a tenth round pick on Alexander Madison when you could have had actually somebody who was going to produce to your team. And now you're probably never going to drop Alexander Madison during the season because you think he's this almighty handcuff. So now you're missing out on great waiver ads. It's not worth it. It's not 
worth it by any means. Handcuffing is massively overrated. Unless you're going into the playoffs and you can just pick up a guy off waivers, that's really the only way I see it, or a really deep bench spot, but I'm not wasting a draft pick on it. It makes no sense. But those elite type of handcuffs or just the backups who have massive upside if anything was to go down. Like, I have no problem drafting Madison, but I'm not drafting him with Dalvin Cook. I'm drafting him because I'm hoping that something happens to Dalvin Cook. Knock on when we don't want injuries, but you have it just in case. So that's why Tony Pollard's here. Some standalone value at running back 33. Then there's those all these split backfields with Raheem Mostart. And you can see Raheem Mostart, Melvin Gordon. Their split backfield, their, their rookie mates in Trey Sermon and Javante Williams are not here because they are ranked higher for me. I want the rookies. I want the more exciting players, especially both of those guys, Javante and Trey Sermon, who were traded up for in this past draft. James Conner comes in at running back. And now these guys are really similar here, right? Running back 37, running back 38, and even 39. These are all veteran running backs in Kenny Drake, Jamal Williams, and James Conner on brand new teams who I all expect to have similar to, if not larger roles than they had on previous teams. Kenny Drake ex- apparently is going to have a featured role here in the passing game on third downs. How does that not hurt Josh Jacobs? You'll see where he ranks for me. So I'm fine with really any of these running backs being like my running back three. Ideally, I want to get a running back. If you're going to start three wide receivers, then obviously you get a running back at that fourth pick. But if you get a running back in the first three picks and then get like another running back in round eight, and then one of these guys in like round 11 or 10 is hopefully where you can go. And I'm fine with these guys being my running back three. No, I'm not somebody this year because I don't think that that's a good idea to start with three running backs in your draft. And now I'll point out something else. Uh, Giovanni Bernard literally just missed out on these tiers, the top 50, the top seven tiers, top 50 running backs. He's like my running back 51, 52. But all these bucks running backs, I don't want them. Like Ronald Jones with no pass catching upside as my running back 36, no actual proven goal line run upside. I don't want his 12 carries for 49 yards. I just don't want that. Leonard Fournette, who earlier in the year before they signed Giovanni Bernard and before Bernard started to become the featured role, played every single third down snap with the starters. Giovanni Bernard played every single third down snap with the starters. He didn't get any other snaps, only third down snaps. So he's not really all that useful for fantasy purposes outside of deeper leagues. But that obviously hurts the pass catching chops of Leonard Fournette, who was the pass catcher last year, who was actually setting in and putting himself in some high regards and pass catching for a running back in the playoffs last year. Lombardi Lenny is my running back 41 because look, if he's not going to get the, the first and second down work consistently because Ronald Jones is there and he's not going to get much of the third down work now, what is left for Ronald Jones? If anything, he should be lower on this list. I prefer guys like Naeem Himes who are slightly over him. Naeem Himes who last year, I know Marlon Mack was hurt coming off an Achilles tear as a know the running back is not great for Marlon Mack this year. But Naeem Himes was literally the number two running back last year from a pass catching perspective and efficiency standpoints and volume, receptions, targets, receiving yards. He was number two behind Alvin Kamara in all those Naeem Himes. So if it's a PPR format or even half PPR, don't be sleeping on Naeem Himes when those double digit rounds come around. And then we finish up this tier, this big tier six with some other handcuffs. I mean, there's Devin Singletary here. He's basically the, the 40%, I think, running back. Maybe some people want to call it 50-50, but he doesn't get the red zone work for Zach Moss. So that lifts Moss above him. He's a little bit better in the receiving game, but it was also Moss's rookie year. Devin Singletary's rookie year. He was just as similarly inefficient as Zach Moss. So we'll see what happens there. Expecting a bump up there. David Johnson's here, like running back 43 for a backfield that kept five running backs. If anything, David Johnson's going to go outside my top 50. And I'm not going to have a single Texans backfield in my top 50 running backs over these next couple of days because they literally kept five. They kept uh, Rex Burkhead, Scotty Phillips, Mark Ingram. I mean, this is just the dust of all dust, right? And Scotty Phillips will also be like a special teams player. So I'm not too uh, worried about that one. But Philip Lindsay, David Johnson. Johnson and apparently Johnson's going to be like this third down back guy and he's fine with that role if that's the case I don't really love it by any means but at least he has a specific role in his team he's just not a straight backup like an Alexander Madison who will get four to six touches a game here ranked 44th so those are my running backs 32 through 44 and that gets us through our biggest tier now as we head to my tier five of running backs and this might be my second smallest tier of running backs so it'll be quick here 26 to 31 my tier five before we get into it I want to let you know about the draft guide uh, top 200s like I mentioned but the tiers are the big thing I have 91 running backs ranked 125 receivers 50 
50 tight ends and 50 quarterbacks all updated for the cuts, for the trades, for all the players that went on the pup list and they're going to be out for at least six weeks in injured reserve. And the updates are still going to come out when we get news. It's not going to be much news now since these camps are on lockdown and blackout and no reporting in there. But when we get news, it'll continue to be updated every single day. There's a lot of other stuff in there. It's the Fantasy Football 2021 Draft Guide. You'll dominate your draft. You'll schmack around your competition. You can check it out down below. There's two ways to get it. They're both described down below in that link. The first way is a chance to get it for free. Yes, free as an add-on bonus if you're indeed eligible. And if not, there's another way on there. So you can check out that draft guide down below. Any questions, let me know in the comment section. So now this tier is defined as the guy who I think is the 1A in these split backfields. And if it's not the 1A in this split backfield, then it's the most elite backup running backs in terms of their standalone value. And there's probably one guy you can see on here who defines that. So six running backs in tier five, 26 to 31. It starts with Miles Gaskin, who at one point was maybe like my running back 20 or 22 this year. The preseason usage was not that encouraging. Week one, he wasn't used that much. It was Malcolm Brown. Auckland was used. Week two, he scores two touchdowns in the preseason with the starters, but he still only plays on 50% of the snaps with Salvin Auckland seeing a lot of the snaps. So the problem here is people got excited because he scored two touchdowns and was productive. He's not going to be that productive on 50% of the snaps every single week. He was in a split backfield this preseason. It went from really bad in the first week of the preseason where he was getting only like a third of the usage, like eight of 24 snaps, seven of 24 snaps. to then being just bad, right? Just 50% of the usage. And when I say bad, I mean, based on our expectations, our expectations were that this was going to be the number one running back by far a 65, 75% snap share in miles Gaskin. And he is a fantastic pass catching running back underratedly, one of the better ones in the league and the best one on this roster. But Malcolm Brown is a better pass protector. Miles Gaskin is not a good pure runner when Salvin Ackman probably showed last year alone in a limited sample that he was a better pure runner coming out of Washington, then Miles Gaskin. And the big thing was we never got buy-in all offseason that Miles Gaskin was going to be this guy. I kept waiting for it every single time that they talked about it in camp before the preseason games, every single time that Flores was interviewed. It's like nothing was mentioned on Miles Gaskin being the guy. Nothing was mentioned on how they loved him. They were just talking about all the backs that they liked. And then after the first preseason game, he came, comes out and he says he wants to use all three backs. That's an absolute crater for Miles Gaskin. It dropped him at one point to like my running back 28, 29, seeing that he got fi at least 50% usage, put him in this tier here where you get a lot of guys going to be in split backfields he's the upside one because of his pass catching work and just in general what he did last year was encouraging and then there's the rookies in this year I mean there's Trey Sermon you can see in Javante Williams these are the guys who were traded up for this year I like Trey Sermon more because I think he's in a better overall offense with Kyle Shanahan my running back 27 Wayne Gallman being cut I mean it doesn't really change much Jeff Wilson hurt it's basically just Raheem Mostert right now and Trey Sermon they have the other rookie in Elijah Mitchell but Gallman being cut I think he's an actually solid back I think it helps if anything stabilize this running back 27 ranking for Trey Sermon if you wanted to bump him up a little bit more ahead of Miles Gaskin ahead of some guys that you'll see in tier four and put him like running back 23 I think that's fine if you think he he takes the reins quickly from Raheem Mostar, who is dealing with a back injury right now. It seems to be minor, though. And then there's A.J. Dillon, who was the guy I was describing earlier as probably the most elite backup because he would go into what is a top five offense immediately. He would go into, if something was to happen to Aaron Jones, he would go into a very high rushing floor. You go into a nice red zone role. And also, he has standalone value right now. Like, he's probably going to see a Jamal Williams role of six touches a game or six opportunities a game, a target here or there. There is one major concern, though, for A.J. Dillon, my running back 28. It's Kylan Hill. They took three running backs or, uh, for their cuts. Kylan Hill, their seventh round pick was one of them. And he's a seventh round pick, yes, but he is probably more so like a fourth or a fifth round value. His final year in college, just some things happened. It was COVID related. The coaching staff is absolutely brutal. They didn't use him properly, but he was a fantastic running back in college. And if you watched anything from the preseason, Kylan Hill was the real deal. And if Aaron Jones was to go down, Kylan Hill fits the Aaron Jones profile more than an AJ Dillon, meaning that the Packers scheme is to throw the thing short, right? Throw the ball short five or six yards if that's what's open, take the easy yardage. And then when it comes, when you lullaby 
tie them to sleep. Then you hit him over the top for the 50-yard bomb to Adams or the 50-yard bomb to MVS or Lazard. And that's why they made it a priority to draft Amari Rodgers. That's why they wanted a priority, at least Rodgers, to go get Randall Cobb because those four to five to six-yard plays were not there as much when a non-traditional slot receiver in Alan Lazard was on the field or when he was injured and it was Malik Taylor in the slot or Darius Shepard who was awful for them. And that's why Aaron Jones was a massive part of that offense in the receiving game. A.J. Dillon doesn't really give you that. Kylan Hill would give you that. So that's the one pause I would have with A.J. Dillon was if something does happen to Aaron Jones and knock on one that it doesn't. But if you're an A.J. Dillon owner, you think that that is great for you. There's a really good chance that he stays in a very similar role, gets a couple more carries a game, but it's Kylan Hill who comes into this pass catching role. So that's where Dillon is. Zach Moss is in here because honestly, Zach Moss for me, running back 29, preseason wasn't that encouraging, but he still gets the red zone usage. So the difference between him at 29 and a Devin Singletary at 43, that is a pretty wide gap. I do admit that. But Singletary, if he's only going to get the rock in between the 20s, as not the most efficient running back and gets a couple of receptions. I mean, maybe if you want to put him like running back 36 and Moss running back 32, that's fine with me. It's not that much of a difference in my pure projections. This is just how it comes out in the rankings. So I have no issues with you taking Javante Williams over Zach Moss and, and so on and so forth. Moss also did, though, keep in mind, have a hamstring injury for about two to three weeks in camp. So he wasn't fully let go in the preseason. So I don't think that usage is the most accurate to go off of when he was used. Four carries, 21 yards as a touchdown in the other game. He was actually used efficiently and he looked pretty good. The touchdown came from the one yard line in the red zone. He came in for Singletary. So it's a very small sample, especially when the guy was banging up. They didn't want to let him run. I do think he's probably the 60% running back in one of the top five offenses in the league. And then the last guy we can talk about in my tier five is Mr. Sony Michelle, who I think is the 1A. I've done a lot of videos on Sony Michelle. A video just came out recently of him being uh, the best uh, draft pick right now, potentially, because I think he is. I mean, he was traded for a fourth round pick. Limited touches last year. He looked great. People want to complain about his knees being bad. He's had 25 games now, and he has not had any issues with his knees in those 25 games. This is not a Todd Gurley knee condition. No, it's just injuries that happened in the past. And he's gotten better, more efficient as time has gone on. And you might think, ah, oh, but he doesn't catch passes. Wrong. He does catch passes. He didn't catch passes in New England, but he's going to catch passes with the Rams. That's just part of their offense. That was part of what they were going to ask Cam Akers to do. Same thing that they asked Todd Gurley to do when he was healthy. He didn't catch passes in New England because they had James White there, one of the top five pass catching running backs over the last five years, and Rex Burkhead, who has been a very elite from an efficiency standpoint, pass catching running back over the last three years. So he just wasn't asked to do it. And obviously, Daryl Henderson is in this backfield, and that's why they're ranked 31 and 32 for me. I just think Sony Michelle, who's actually healthier than Daryl Henderson right now, believe it or not, who's a former first round pick to Henderson's third round pick, who was just traded for a fourth round pick in general, giving up capital. I think he's the 1A in this backfield for what could be a very efficient offense led by Matt Stafford, who does throw to the running back. Just ask really any running back that's been there for a decent amount of time. But Theo Riddick, one of them. And now we're inside the top four tiers. And we're going into these elite players. And this is my smallest tier. It's three players right now. And I would describe these players as the best players that are in split backfields. My tier four are these three players, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, and Josh Jacobs. Now, Chase Edmonds at 23 right now. I do think he's the running back one for this team, but I do think James Conner probably gets the goal line role as Edmonds is not that proven. Now, he's had like one week where he was the running back one overall, but last year did not look that great when he had opportunities. He's going to be definitely involved in the pass catching game, but it's the concerns on the red zone role. That's why he's not higher for me. Kareem Hunt at running back 24. I honestly don't really draft Kareem Hunt because in this range in general, I'm drafting wide receivers. Like these guys going like, I don't know, fourth, fifth round. I'm always drafting wide receivers in that range instead because the upside on the Chase Claypools, the Brandon Ayukes, the Julio Jones, and yes, I don't really love Julio, but in the fourth round, if he falls there mid late round, I like that. Those guys upsides and even security on their floor is much better than a Kareem Hunt, who's the clear running back too in this Nick Chubb offense, but it's an offense centered around the running game. It's one where he has been massively efficient. He's a former NFL rushing leader. He catches the motherfucking ball and he gets usage in the red zone. So Kareem Hunt for me is a top 25 back, just barely. And then there's Josh Jacobs at running back 25. And I see Josh Jacobs go as like a top 15 running back often. And I see people complain like, where is he in your top 10? I'm like, you're clearly not paying attention to this offseason if you think Josh Jacobs 
Williams is anywhere near a top 10, top 15, borderline top 20 running back. When they bring in Kenyon Drake and pay Kenyon Drake borderline top 10 running back money to be on that roster, he's going to be involved. And he's going to be involved as the third down pass catching back. And he's going to be involved on certain series. I mean, they had Devontae Booker last year who was playing a lot because he had a nicked up Josh Jacobs who has been nicked up every year, by the way, because he runs just physically as hell. And now you upgrade that Devontae Booker from last year who's now with the Giants to a Mr. Kenyon Drake this year, which is an upgrade. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's not great for Josh Jacobs. It sinks him. It makes him a two down back. Last year, and we've seen Josh Jacobs have these 40 target seasons in that one time, and that looked good for him. It's not going to happen at all now. Like, you're going to be lucky and happy if Josh Jacobs, if Kenyon Drake stays healthy, if he catches somewhere around 20 to 25 balls. I think that might even be a high number for him. So that's your concerns with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he might get 16 carries for 60-something yards, and you're hoping for the score, but he's going to have no overall touchdowns there so guys ahead of him that can catch passes like a chase Edmonds his three catches for 60 yards is a, is a big upgrade his three catches for 30 yards is a big upgrade so this is my small tier four I don't really find myself drafting these guys because the guys in tier five I don't think they're that far off right and they have a little bit more upside especially if you're talking about the rookies in in Trey Sermon and Javante Williams and even Sonny Michelle you can get him a lot later I don't really like drafting these guys based on where they go in ADP and now we're getting into the real business the top 22 running backs for me and there's some major changes to this based on some recent news and injuries so Please do, if you're still watching, hit the like button and let me know right now, who is your favorite player? Who's your favorite player to get as like your running back two in drafts? Let me know that down below in the comment section. Tier three for me is running backs 14 through 22 here. And this is a pretty decent sized tier. It's like nine guys right now. And let's talk through it. Running back 14, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire seems to be fine. The ankle injury that he had in camp or in that last preseason game was not major. He's expected to play week one, and he might have a three-down role because he was not leaving the field in the limited preseason time that we got to see him with the starters. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him when the starters played the whole first half in the second and third preseason game because he got hurt in that first preseason game, but he was getting some good usage in those limited snaps that we saw from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But no, in all seriousness, attached to this offense, he was going as a top five pick overall in drafts last year. Now you can get him in the third round, late second. I think it's a fantastic value. Now it's a couple guys that are running back 15 and 16 who I just don't really have a stance on. Like Chris Carson and David Montgomery, they're just very similar. They're like, I don't know. They're just not sexy. I don't know if it's that, that's what it is. They're just solid. They're going to probably be three down backs for their offenses. They got decent pass catching chops. Montgomery lost a lot of weight last year and ended up being a lot more of a slasher or at least comparably to his rookie year. Chris Carson, if he could stay healthy, the guy just runs like a, like a fucking bull. He just bulldozes through everything, gets hurt every single year. But if he could stay healthy in that offense that wants to run playoff of play action, be efficient with Russ and that type of a, a quarterback that gets you down the field into the red zone, that's going to look good for him. Carlos Hyde is now out of this backfield. Uh, Rashad Penny is now healthy, but there's no immediate threat to any of his roles. I mean, he, the guy fumbled the ball fucking seven times two years ago and never left the field. So those guys are just not sexy. Like, I, I don't find myself drafting them because I either get my running back in round one or round two, or I start three wide receivers in a row, and I'm just not in this range looking for running backs. I'm usually going with wide receivers who are a lot better, in my opinion. And then there's this really interesting range at the end of tier three. James Robinson, Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, my running back 17 through 19. And then running back 20 to 22 is DeAndre Swift, Damian Harris, and Gus Edwards. So Robinson, I love now. I think he's the three down back. He is fantastic in blitz pickups. We saw that in the preseason. I know Carl Hyde is there. I know he has a connection with Urban Meyer from Ohio State, but so did Tim Tebow. Uh, he had a connection. I know it's a little bit different, right? Carl Hyde, a proven veteran in the NFL. Tim Tebow just coming off the streets trying to play tight end, but he was cut. Like, I, I think they're going to let the better players play here. And James Robinson is by far the better player. I think he sees 75% of the work, not the 50% snaps you saw in the final preseason game. I think they were just trying to work some things in, but he was on the field in important situations. Third downs where he picked up the massive pit blitz pickup on the LaVisca Chanel touchdown. You love to see that. Mike Davis at 18 because there's just nobody left. I mean, this preseason, they've cut everybody. Ito Smith, uh, Javion Hawkins, the undersized undrafted free agent out of Louisville. Tony Brooks, 
James. They cut everybody this preseason, even more like Caleb Huntley, Deontay Foreman, guys that they brought into camp. And all that they have on this roster right now is Cordell Patterson, not a threat, has been one of the worst running backs, converted receiver to running back that you might ever see over the last three years on his touches, just absolutely brutal and inefficient. And then they have Quadre Olson, who's basically a fullback out of Pittsburgh. He's like 234 pounds. The guy averages like two and a half yards per carry. It's Mike Davis's backfield. And their offensive line is not great, but they're going to pass the ball a lot. He's going to have receptions. And as of right now, there's really no threat to his workload as long as he can stay healthy. I don't want to draft a 28 and a half year old running back journeyman running back who's never been the guy for a team yeah last year he he filled in for the guy for about a, a dozen games when McCaffrey was out but it's never been the guy from the start it is worrisome but when he falls to the fifth or sixth round it's hard not to like him with the opportunity he's going to get Miles Sanders is here all the smoke over the offseason of people just getting all hell-bent on oh but they have Jordan Howard oh they brought in on Johnson oh they're bringing in all these guys to challenge Miles Sanders they drafted Kenny Gamel in the fifth round Kenny Gamel didn't look that great in the preseason I'm gonna be honest with you he didn't look that great in camp he was only seeing passing down usage so there's that they ended up cutting Jordan Howard they ended up cutting on Johnson the only thing that they have in this backfield now behind him is Boston Scott who's been in this backfield for two years and has not threatened the usage of Miles Sanders who saw a top five opportunity share last year and a top three snap percentage when healthy so yes Miles Sanders is still the running back one I know Jalen Hurts is there people see that as a downside I see it as an upside because it keeps the defense honest it allows more deception in the option game so I do like Miles Sanders now DeAndre Swift for me was like my running back 16 and he dropped because I just like Robinson more the Mike Davis cut news and some other guys being there and nobody being brought in and really nobody being cut from other teams like a Jordan Wilkins or a Royce Freeman or in Sonny Michelle being traded to the Rams so nobody really coming to Atlanta that would threaten me at this point but DeAndre Swift moved down because of that and also he's dealing with an injury like I like drafting DeAndre Swift he has that cheat code of potentially can catch 60 to 70 balls this year in this offense and if he does that he's definitely finishing top 20 where I have him right now but even top 15 top 12 he has a fantastic offensive line that's the best piece of the entire Lions offense and even their entire team is their offensive line I mean they have like a fantastic center they have Ragnar they have guys who are going to be strong for them like a borderline top 10 if not higher offensive line so that's the strong point they want to run the ball so that's good for DeAndre Swift but Jamal Williams is there and Swift's injury right he's dealing with an injury that is making him iffy for week one if I knew for a fact he was going to play week one he'd be probably my running back 18 19 right around Robinson and Mike Davis but the fact that he's iffy for week one well that just says okay if he's iffy for week one then he's not guaranteed for week two at this point either and now it starts to become a thing just to start the year you don't want to be drafting guys that you have to worry about even playing week one so that's the concern why I have him down a little bit and then Damian Harris and Gus Edwards Cam Newton being released more touch down opportunities are definitely coming Damian Harris's way they end up cutting a bunch of other players trading guys away it's Damian Harris's backfield right Sony Michelle gone this is the clear backfield of Damian Harris some from Andre Stevenson but Damian Harris now in the touchdown equity rises and I do think the guy can catch passes I don't think it'll be that much with James White there and JJ Taylor but I do think he'll catch passes and then there's Gus Edwards at 22 who won't catch passes but it's basically the spitting image of Damian Harris on the Ravens right this is going to be a fantastic run first offense with a good offensive line yes there's Lamar Jackson there but Gus Edwards is now the guy I mean there's no JK Dobbins Justice Hill's banged up Tyshawn Williams is a guy now who is an undrafted free agent who they like but no real proving player in any of the actual NFL games not preseason events against second and third stringers in the second half when he had some nice runs so Gus Edwards a firm top 24 RB2 for me so that's tier three now we have 13 players left and my 13 player is going to ruffle some feathers hit the like button if you're still here and if you made it all the way this far you might as well consider subscribing to the YouTube channel tier two is six through 13 for me and you can see number 13 is Nick Chubb. And this is for PPR formats. If it's half point PPR, he's like my running back nine. If it's non-PPR, he's like my running back six. So don't get your panties in a bundle. Don't freak out. But in PPR formats, yeah, the two down back, who is Nick Chubb, who will not catch passes because Kareem Hunt is there, is not a strong PPR option at running back. He's just not. You shouldn't be drafting him in the top 10, in my opinion. If it's half point, if it's non-PPR, it's a totally different story. But you're going to be lucky if Chubb catches 25 balls this year. Now he's behind a great offensive line. People are going to tell me, but last year he was averaging a touchdown per game and uh, all this. He was averaging historic numbers last year. 
and he ended up getting hurt. If you think that his historic season last year is going to yet again happen this year, then you might as well take Travis Kelsey first overall. We can't bank on outlier seasons on a per-touch basis, how efficient he was last year. I know the offensive scheme for this. I know their offensive line was the number one offensive line last year, but on a per-touch basis and how lucky he was, he was the highest converting touchdown scorer inside the five and 10-yard line in the past seven years. You think that same guy's just gonna do it again the next year? I know it's a similar situation. That's just not how this works efficiency-wise. You don't set a record and then immediately break it the next year and then immediately break it the next year, right? That the stuff does not happen. So anybody who was saying, but he was on pace for 16 touchdowns and all this. Yeah, okay. Well, that's actually a reason to not like him as much this year. It's a thing called regression. And if he's not gonna have pass catching chops, targets worth 2.7 times more than a, a carry in today's NFL fantasy, that's a concern in PPR formats. You keep going down, Jonathan Taylor. It's basically Nick Chubb for me. A good offensive line, not as good as Nick Chubb's. A good offensive line, gonna be a two down back. They're gonna use Naeem Himes on third downs. We don't even know what they're gonna do with Marlon Mack yet. So that's the concern. They've already lost two offensive linemen in the center for the season. They have Quentin Nelson apparently gonna be coming back, but he's dealing with a foot issue. So Jonathan Taylor in PPR and half point PPR is not this top six running back that a lot of people wanna draft him as. Now you start to get to the guys I really like. Antonio Gibson, 11th overall. We'll see what happens with his third down usage. Didn't get much last year. Didn't see a whole lot in the preseason, but we know based on his college that he was basically a slot receiver for them, a hybrid running back slot receiver when he was in college. We know that he has that ability. And we saw how good he was on the ground last year. And now my top 10. So we're here at the top 10 running backs, fellas, ladies, gentlemen. Hey, we made it. Najee Harris, who you can honestly argue with me that Najee Harris should be the running back six this year. He's just going to see 307 opportunities, if not more, 370. The guy's going to catch probably, I mean, in the preseason, he was averaging in a small sample, which looked great, like four and a half receptions a game. If he does that, he's going to catch over 70 balls this year. He's probably going to catch around 70 balls. His offensive line, although on paper looks bad, was very good in the preseason. The rookies look good. You can't take too much away from that, but it's still a positive that the rookies look good in the preseason. Some of the highest graded linemen in the entire preseason. And if you want to say, ah, that doesn't mean anything, Mac Jones was the second highest graded quarterback in the preseason. That meant something for the Patriots, didn't it? So I expect Najee Harris to be a three down back, heavily involved with no competition. And now it's just the obvious guys like Joe Mixon. Somebody asked me recently, why Joe Mixon over, let's just say Nick Chubb or something like that. Or why Joe Mixon over Jonathan Taylor was a big question I usually get. Joe Mixon's a three down back. Joe Mixon averages an extra seven fantasy points per game when Giovanni Bernard is not on this team over the last three years. And now Giovanni Bernard is not on this team. His backup is Samaji P. Ryan, who's not a pass catching running back. Joe Mixon, if he stays healthy, is going to be a three down back to threaten for 60 to 80 plus catches. Joe Mixon is arguably right there at with Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley as the talented, most talented running backs in the NFL. And some people think like, I'm always burnt by Joe Mixon. I mean, last year, of course, because he kept sitting out because they had nothing to play for once Joe, Bur Joe Burrow went down. He just said, yeah, I'm not going to risk re-injuring this minor injury that I have. And then if you look at previous seasons, he's been the number 11 running back, the number 13 running back. He's been right around this number. So ranking him number nine overall for a guy who's finished right around this range two out of the last three years, and now is actually going to have the full three down responsibilities. Yeah, I like that. Inside my six through eight here, you can flip Austin Eckler and Saquon if you want to. They're so close to my projections. I like the both guys, right? Saquon, we'll see if he's going to be healthy for week one. It seems like he will be awful offensive line, not going to have the pass catching chops that he ended up getting with Eli Manning a few years back with Daniel Jones. That's how this goes wrong. Like the best talent in this backfield relied on a lot of home run hitting two years ago. And now I just don't see where the upside comes from in the receiving game with Daniel Jones there, but still a strong running back. Of course, Austin Eckler, better offensive line, better overall offense, going to be a PPR monster. If this is half point PPR, yeah, drop him. Non-PPR, yeah, drop him a lot. But PPR is going to be a PPR monster in this backfield where he finally has no competition. Like he might actually see red zone usage this year because Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree. I mean, this is maybe right up there with the Steelers as the least athletic, not threatening backfield to an RB1 in the NFL. And then my running back six does not make my top five in, in PPR and even half point PPR. If it's non-PPR, he is like my running back three, running back two, but it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, and you probably heard the narrative, like 
2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns last year, didn't even finish inside the top two running backs. Like he has to do everything on earth to be able to do that. He has a bad defense. He has an offensive line that if anything is looking to be a little bit different this year. And that's my concerns with Derrick Henry. It's, I mean, obviously he's a top six running back. He's still fine for me, but the pass catching chops. I mean, he's just like the supreme version of Nick Chubb from a fantasy perspective because of how much he does on the ground and how this team runs through him and Jonathan Taylor. Like he's a two down back. He's not gonna have the pass catching chops. Darrington Evans should be healthy and be on the field in third down situations. Nicked up in the preseason, but looks to be good to go for the regular season. So Henry for me, still a solid pick, but I usually just end up going there with one of my top five guys. Or if those guys go, then in drafts, I'm going like Devonta Adams, Tyree Kill over Derrick Henry personally. So my top five running backs, tier one, you could probably name the rest of these guys. Here it is. Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara. So it's pretty standard. If you want to flip-flop a couple of guys, you want to flip-flop Zeke and Dalvin Cook at two and three, that's fine. I like Zeke's offensive line more. I like his pass catching chops in this offense, meaning they run more plays. I like that a little bit more. I like his overall offense in general more. So I'll take Ezekiel Elliott over Dalvin Cook. But it's a coin flip for those guys, depending on what you want. And then I'll take Aaron Jones over Alvin Kamara at four over five. Aaron Jones over Alvin Kamara, who now has an opportunity to catch 70 or 80 balls with no Jamal Williams there, who's in a top five offense, who had 11 touchdowns last year and what people considered a down year because of how often they were in the red zone and threw the ball in the red zone so i'll take that but it's really a close coin flip because Jameis winston does prop up alvin kamara's overall floor at this point but those are my top five running backs cmc zeke dalvin cook aaron jones and mr ak alvin kamara so my top seven tiers updated as of right now a week into the season my top 50 running backs if you want more of them my top 91 my wide receivers all that stuff check it out down below in the supreme draft guide we'll be doing a wide receiver tiers video next so be sure to stay tuned for that one. That'll be on tomorrow's video. I appreciate y'all tuning in. If you have not yet already, please do hit the like and subscribe button. It really does help this channel grow as we are in the, the heart right now of the fantasy football season with the season right around the corner. And let me know in the comment section down below, who is, who is, who is your second running back that you want on your team? Who's your most ideal running back? I'm very interested to see where you take that guy, what round, who it is and why. Let me know in the comment section down below. Get your Supreme Draft Guide down below and I'll see you all in the next one.